Father, pray that you would touch your lane in effect as you would touch us with your word, Father. Pray your blessing over, Father, your anointing. And again, we say, Father, lead us. Thank you, Father. Yes, Lord. Yeah, thank you. And thank you, Lord, that you brought us together in this building. And Father, we just pray your guidance. We want to know what you want for us, Lord. We want to be where you want us. So, Father, I pray that you open our hearts and our minds to know exactly what that is. You're guiding us and we know it. And, Father, we thank you. And we say, just open our eyes and our hearts and our minds to you this morning, Lord, because we're here to listen to you. What a great start last week we had. And, yeah, there's some hiccups. But, wow, what a great start. You know, God is with us. We can't improve on anything that he does um, or anything that he says. So actually I'm going to start with the word of God because what better can we do than that? And I'm going to start at one of the foundational truths. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus, that whoever believes shall not perish but have eternal life. Our heavenly father, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob spoke through the prophets. He told us exactly what he intended to do regarding sending a saviour. And Jesus fulfilled every single one of those, every single prophecy. Isaiah in 7.14, the Lord spoke through him and said, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, meaning God is with us. He is with us. You see, for those who think that Jesus isn't the son of God, God himself told us that he would send his son. I could go through many verses to prove that. But we haven't got that time this morning. But if you want to come and see me, I will help you along with that. God even told us where he'd be born. So for those who think, oh, no, yeah, yeah, Jesus just tried to do that. He couldn't tell you where he was going to be born. He fulfilled every prophecy. His name, Emmanuel, God with us. Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. The government will be upon his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor and Mighty God. The Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. And he will reign on the throne of David. And as as we know, he came from the lineage of David. And over his kingdom to establish and sustain it with justice and righteousness from that time and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. This is the basis, isn't it? This is it. Everything was prophesied about Jesus. He came and he did it and he's still working through it. Jesus fulfilled God's covenant And he came so that not one would be lost. Everyone can come to the Father through the Son. Everyone has a choice. Jesus said in John 6.40, My Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life. And I will raise him on that last day. His last breath on the cross was, It is finished. Jesus completed 
the work. His focus was completely on God. In John 5.19, he says, Truly I tell you, the Son can't do anything by himself. He can only do what he sees the Father doing, because whatever the Father does, so does the Son. He focused completely on the Father's will, and that included paying the most horrendous price for our sins and everybody else's. But to make it clear and to speak it out, death could not hold him. He rose again to sit at the right hand of the Father, and he sits there interceding for us. He also sits there interceding for everybody in this world. Doesn't matter what religion they are, he loves them. They are being misled. We don't have to work for points to be forgiven because we live in the forgiven time. It's already paid for. He's already shed his blood so that we can be forgiven, so that we are living in that post-forgiven part. We don't have to work to receive the forgiveness. Does that make sense? We don't have to work. It's there already. So everything we do is because we want to give back. We want to give back to the Lord. It's a privilege to do that. And the amazing thing is, God is with us. God will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He never gives up on us. And he's with us because he chooses to be. Yeah. There's a wonderful story in John 9. Jesus had declared to the Pharisees that he is the I am before Abraham. They got really ticked off at that and started picking up stones to stone him. But the word says that he walked through the midst of them. You see, Jesus doesn't have to be persecuted. He had the choice. He knew when it was his time. Because some people say, well, maybe it went wrong when he went to the cross. No. No, no, that was always the plan to pay the price for us. He walked through the midst of people who wanted to stone him. But the interesting thing is... In the middle of that chaos, it says, he sees a man born blind. He spits on the ground, so he stops basically, spits on the ground in the middle of all of this, in the middle of people wanting to stone him, in the middle of of the attack of the enemy. He makes clay with that and he anoints the man's blind eyes and tells him to go and wash it off in the pool of Siloam. And of course the man does, and the man can see So you'd think, wow, that's wonderful, that's great. This guy can now see. God did that. But guess what? The enemy came straight in. The Pharisees came, and instead of enjoying it and, and welcoming the hand of God and seeing it for what it was, they said, how dare you do that on the Sabbath? What's going on? You know? And they questioned the blind man. And because he spoke the truth of what had happened, they rejected him and they threw him out of the synagogue. Just think what that was like in those times, because we hear about being excommunicated. Just think in those times what that was like. This man had been blind his whole life, probably had to beg from his early adulthood. He gets healed by the Lord. He can finally see the people around him, the streets, the houses, the faces of people who'd been kind and those who hadn't. 
This was a miracle. He finally saw everything. But the enemy came straight away to attack. And he was thrown out of the synagogue. And now he was in exile in the community. And people were afraid of that. Even his parents didn't stand up for him. They said, he's an adult, ask him, because they didn't want to be excommunicated. Nice. This guy is now seeing for the first time in his life. How amazing. But now he's alone. He doesn't know what to do. He can't beg anymore because he's not even blind. He's probably thinking, okay, what next? I've been excommunicated. I've got nobody. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. But the amazing thing about this story is in verse 33. And it says, Jesus heard that they had cast him out and he went to find him. How amazing is that? He not only healed him, he heard that he'd been excommunicated, thrown out, cast out. Jesus goes to find him. And he explained who he was. And he led him. He led him to God. And the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped the Lord. That just melted my heart. Because Jesus went to find him when he was under attack. You'd think that was it, wouldn't you? He gets healed, that's it. It's all over. But actually, it got worse from that point. But Jesus went to find him. He showed him how much he loved and how much he cared for him. He sought him out when he thought he was all alone. He didn't just heal him. He gave him an eternal life. He didn't just open his eyes to the light. He shone his light into him. And he showed him the way. When Jesus says, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you, he really means it. After he died on the cross, some of the disciples were in turmoil, weren't they? Peter denied him, denied even knowing him, he was so afraid. Thomas doubted. Even though they'd walked with Jesus and they knew him, they'd seen some of these miracles, they'd seen the compassion he had. There was a point where they started worrying that the enemy had won. But had the enemy won? No. Jesus didn't leave them either. He came back to them. He showed them who he was. He showed Thomas his hands. He showed him his side. He'd promised that he was going to rise again on the third day, and that's exactly what he did. But he came back to prove it. He didn't just leave them wandering. He continued to appear to them for 40 days, speaking about the kingdom of God and preparing them for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, telling them he'd never leave them, that he would send the Holy Spirit, the comforter. And when the Holy Spirit came, they received power. And we saw some of that last week, didn't we? They thought it was the end, but it was just the beginning just like the, the blind man. The baptism of the Holy Spirit means that we are empowered too to heal the sick, to raise the dead. Scary one, but yet we can raise the dead. To break those chains and set captives free. That means set captives free from oppression, from addictions, from the lies of the enemy, from bondage of all sorts. I remember a young heroin addict years ago and she came to know the Lord and she accepted him. And her addiction went in a moment. She had no withdrawal symptoms whatsoever because God is good.
We are not just empowered to do them. We are actually sent out to do them. We are told to do them. But that's not all, is it? It's not just about that. Yes, the Lord loves us. Yes, the Father is preparing a place for us in heaven. Yes, we're forgiven when we mess up. And we will mess up. We all do. But we're empowered to do his will. And yes, we have times where we feel absolutely weak. We feel washed out. We feel we can't do anything. But that's when he says, I will be your strength. That's when his strength shows through. Yes, he rescues us. Yes, he brings us peace in situations that we could never possibly imagine. But he also wants to prosper us. Now, I hate talking about money. I've always hated talking about money. I hate it. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. Absolutely, if you love it. But if you, lo- if you use it for his glory, we can do so many things. It's weird, isn't it, that people have become afraid of becoming rich because they think, oh, we can't be humble if we're rich. But actually, just think how much you could do if you were. I don't believe that at all, that if you're rich, you can't be humble. I, I know people who are rich, and they're wonderful people. Our Father in heaven wants to bless his children. If you have children, you know what that's like. I mean, how many times have some of you gone out, and you've gone out to the shops, and you thought, oh, I'm going to treat myself to something. Then you see something nice for your kids, and you think, oh, I'll just get that instead. Well, our Father's like that too. He wants to bless us. He loves us. If we have money, we can bless others. And of course, I'm not sticking to money. I just wanted to say that in there because we do have a thing about, you know, we can't be prosperous. We can pray for prosperity. That's what God wants for us. But you can bless people. You don't have to have money to bless people. You can smile at a cashier. You can say, thank you. You're doing a great job. You can make their day. You can pray for the waitress. If you see they're they're hobbling because their feet are sore, pray for them. Offer to pray for them. You don't need money. Sharing the love of God is the greatest gift we can give anybody. And it costs us nothing. It costs Jesus everything. God sent Jesus because he so loved the world. Jesus said, "Love love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. So carry on his purpose for loving the world. So who's our neighbor? Who's our neighbor? Is it just the person who lives next door to us? Is it all the people who live around here? We live in an area that has extreme poverty. There is also a lot of wealth. But there's a lot of need. There's a lot of refugees. And as you know, the Lord has given us a huge vision And we have now started that project to reach out to help those who are newly homed and who have absolutely nothing and starting afresh. Last week, or the week before, I can't remember, um, as you know, the Lord is moving really, really fast in this. um, And it really is, we are needing to run to keep up with it. Um, And for you ladies who have just come, welcome. Um, we have started a project locally where we're going to be giving furniture to those who are rehoused, whether that's people from domestic abuse or whether it's refugees, whether it's just people in dire need. Um, and we were offered a third of the decathlon building upstairs last week at the back, or the week before. This week, they've said, we're going to put you at the front of the building because we want people to see, to see you. 
God is blessing us. Um, and this is free, by the way. This is free. But we need help to sow into that. Even if you can give a couple of hours a week or a month, because the more people we get, the less you need to do. But we need to help. We need people, if it's just to clean furniture, man the building, um, help people with collections and deliveries, dismantling, assembling, electrical testing, fixing, bike maintenance. I know some of you are looking at me thinking, what? <laughs> Don't worry. Anything you can do, your time is going to bless somebody. All this is a chance to get out and bless people yeah, in the middle of chaos. Just like Jesus did with that blind man. He didn't keep going because people were after him and everything was chaotic and people were shouting and ready to stone him. No, he stopped in the middle of that chaos. And he did something practical. And we can do that too. We can offer to pray. This isn't just about giving furniture. This is about getting into people's houses and showing that God loves them. That people care that there's somebody different out there. That we don't want to help them just practically. But let's pray for your broken heart. Let's pray for healing for what you've been through. Let's pray for your healing if, if they need healing for healing. <laughs> Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. That's for us and for them. You see, if God prospers us, we give them a hope and a future. So it's all a big circle. We can, if we get helped, we can help them. But we're starting to help them, even though we're not prospering yet. But we will. It may not always be easy. In Luke 9, a man said to Jesus, Lord, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replies, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Jesus said to another to follow him, but the person asked him if he could go and bury his father first. Jesus replied, Let the dead bury their dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. To another he said, No one having put his hand to the plough and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. So what's he saying? Keep our eyes on him. Keep going forward and claim the ground. Share the kingdom and share his love. We may be busy, but there's a really important thing for us to do out there and that share the kingdom. This summer, um, in our garden, we have a very long fence. And years and years ago, the neighbour had fixed that fence. But when we were out at work, they came into our land and took quite a chunk of our land. But it was too late. We had nothing to do. You know, it was too late. There was nothing we could do about it. But this year, the new owners started to build a fence. And when they put the string to make it straight, they realised how far it had come into our land. So I went out and I said... Now you can put that right and say, oh, I'll have to phone the agent. Okay, you phone the agent. Agent phoned the owner. Yes, we claimed back our land this year and I'm taking that as prophetic. We are claiming back the land. We are claiming back the lost. This is the year to step out and spread the news of the good news, the kingdom, and claim back what was lost. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. Are you ready to help us bring in the harvest? Emmanuel, God is with us. 
He is with us. He's provided a building for it. He's provided someone to build a web for us for nothing. He's provided so many contacts. He's provided furniture. He's provided a contact who's going to give us stuff that we can sell in our project and we keep 50% for nothing. That's another story. (laughs) We have a prophecy that God is preparing the tractor ready for the harvest. This is a vision and this is in action and God is moving. And I believe Holy Spirit will do amazing things with us if we're ready to work with him. I am so excited about what I see him doing. I am exhausted from running after him and saying, yeah, let me let me keep up because it's moving so fast. But I am so excited and I don't want to miss a thing. Do you? So shall we pray? Okay, Lord, I just, I just thank you for what you're doing. I thank you that you're going to use us, Father, as simple, simple people to help others. I thank you, Lord, that you are going to open doors that we can, we can share the kingdom of God. We can share the love of God. We can share you, Holy Spirit, and we can pray for people in their homes. We can pray for their healing hearts. We can pray for healing bodies. And Father, we can build your kingdom through what you're doing through us. So Father, we lift up this whole thing to you, Lord. And I pray, yes, the harvest is ripe and the workers are few, but I pray, Father, that you provide the workers. You provide every, you are providing everything we need. So I give you thanks for this, Lord, and I hand this project back to you and I say, thank you, Lord. Let us see what you can do in and around the, the community of Slough. Because, Father, this is, a, this is an area that you love and we love it too because we're part of it. So, Father, we just thank you. We thank you, Lord. We give you glory. We give you honor. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, I just ask you to just come. Just come. Father, you anointed us with such power last week. Holy Spirit, we just welcome you. We know you're here because, Emmanuel, you are with us. Just come, Holy Spirit. Touch your hearts of people where they think they don't have what it takes to help. Show them how they can help, even if it's just with time, even if it's coming into homes to pray. Father, we lift it up to you and we say, thank you, Holy Spirit, just come. I don't want anyone to leave here today if you're in need of prayer. If you need something, if you need prayer, don't leave. Don't leave without getting prayer. We want to bless you. We want to bless you. We want you to feel. We don't want you to come in and and leave the way, the same way. We want you to come in and leave different. Yeah. Thank you, Lord.